Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Well, welcome to another Journey Now podcast. And uh, today is the day that... um, It's a special episode. It actually is a very special episode. (laughs) It'll be um, far less banter between, say, Tim and Michael because... Oh, they're not here. They're not. Huh. Huh. I wonder where they could be. Uh, Well... One's in Israel. Israel. And the other one is just Mm -hmm. going through another garden variety of... Um, some illness that he picked up yeah. somewhere along the way. He has pneumonia. He has pneumonia. Poor Mike. Yeah. I think he should take some supplements. <laughs> Poor Mike. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yes, I think he should take supplements some supplements. Supplements would be really good. Yeah, it might help. Mike. Might yeah. keep him from getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tim, I see pictures of him online. Yeah. Over there. Looks like he's having a good time with Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Goff. Bob Goff. And, uh, Bob Goff and Tim Timmons in the same place. Could you get any more happiness and glee in would one that place? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. I mean, like... That's like the perfect Israel trip. Literally the two happiest, like, yeah. joy-filled people in the world. Yeah. I wonder if Tom Tommins joined them in any point. I don't point. think so. You don't think I don't so? Think about, I don't think Bob Goff allows Tom Tommins to come out. Mm. <laughs> that could be. That could be. He'd be like, okay, Tom. Yeah. That's enough of that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, they are missed. We will. Uh, we, are they? Uh, not really. But we will. <laughs> yeah, they are. We will invite <laughs> they them. They totally are. We will eventually, you know, say, hey, Tim, what'd you think? Oh, that's right. You're yeah. not here. Uh, Mike, what'd but you think? Yeah. He might come back totally different because that's what happens to some people when they go to Israel. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Didn't happen to you. No. No. I was kind of, yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Same irritating person. It took other things to get me to change. Yeah. I had a friend who actually just went to, I have a friend who recently went to Israel and she came back feeling like all kinds of shame because she didn't have like the life changing experience that she thought she was going to have. Right. And she was saying, I think I put the whole thing up on a pedestal and was expecting so much and like it didn't happen. And I said, oh, well, my friend, Kevin, (laughs) (laughs) he went, he went and same thing, same, same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was a, it was great to go. It was great to see the stuff, but it wasn't a spiritual thing. Yeah, Mm-mm. I was hoping for that, but it wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going in October, and I'm I'm expecting that. Yeah, and you should. Yeah, because you're going with a crew. I'm going that, with a really good good crew. You are. Yeah, and I think that'll help. Mm-hmm. We, the um group we went with was it was, uh, it got jacked up and yeah. The guy that was supposed to lead it couldn't lead it. And, oh. And uh, so then we ended up with a secular tour guide. And Well, it, that might be interesting, though, too. It was. I yeah. mean, from a purely historical perspective, yeah. sure. But not from a... Oh, from a biblical right, like, learning like, as you go yeah, in the land. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But at some point, I want to go back and just go to Jerusalem. Mm. I Why? We didn't... I didn't feel like we spent enough time really talking through the um, all that's there. Okay. And there's so much to see in Jerusalem. And we just, I just felt like it was minimalized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, the Dead Sea was fun and um, Sea of Galilee was fun and that stuff was fun. Yeah. But it'll be good. The, the River Jordan was a disappointment, to be honest with mm. you. Yeah, I've heard that from many people. That it's, it's mostly like, a stream. It's a stream. Yes, like what's in my backyard. Yes, it's like yeah. a little creek. 
And so then you wonder what was the big deal about crossing the Jordan people? Well, during flood season, it would they say it swells. During flood season, it gets much bigger. And so they couldn't swim, probably. I don't know. I didn't ask. Yeah. Okay. Well, well. Anyway. So, hey, Susie. Yeah. So you got to preach this last weekend. I did. Yeah. And uh, you chose a really, really fun passage of scripture mm-hmm. from John 20. 21. I, I failed there. John okay. 21. So where did you want to take that when you when you dove into it, I know you had a lot of ideas. You did a lot of studying, and mm-hmm. there was a lot that was left on the editing floor. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, yet, I could have done four weeks on it. Yeah, I felt like oh yeah, it's a rich passage. Yeah, well, it was interesting because, and I opened with this that when when I read it, when I opened it to read it to study it for this message, it read to me so much like a secret ending from a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that like especially because we ended Mark the way we ended Mark the week right. before. It right. was like this abrupt ending. Yeah. That was like full of confusion and and discouragement yeah. and fear. And life goes on. Yeah. And yeah. then there's this ending that in John that's clearly been added because John also ends at chapter 20 and then adds this other ending. And it's so much like this secret ending from Marvel where like there's all this chaos and and stuff that happens. And then there's just this like peaceful hang time with Mm -hmm. the disciples and on the beach, on the beach. And what chapter 21 does in my mind is that it links everything from the gospels and Jesus's life with the disciples in in the flesh on earth, those three years of ministry, it links all of that to the building of the church and this post-resurrection life with Christ that we now find ourselves in. And, you know, the whole um, restoration of Peter and the confirmation of his calling to build the church and the the basis of that relationship being in love and and now forgiveness mm-hmm. and yeah. um and the disciples getting to experience the presence of God and and Jesus telling Peter to go feed and tend the people that he loves mm-hmm. it's just such a embodied look at what how we as Christ followers are meant to live yeah um, whether you're, you know, a shepherd pastor like Peter was or, mm-hmm. or you know, a fisherman, a vocational person out in the world, right. you know, who follows Christ is still meant to feed and tend those yeah. that God puts in your care. Yeah, it's a beautiful, so, beautiful passage. Yeah, I just, I love it so much. And that's what happens every time I get to teach is... Whatever passage I'm in, I just kind of develop this like new <laughs> appreciation for it. And it becomes my new favorite. Yeah. So well, there you go. Yeah. There's a couple there's a couple pieces to the scenes in mm-hmm. that that I um that I think were that prompted some of these questions yeah. that we got. And I loved the questions that we got. Yeah, especially in the the ones mm-hmm. in the room were were um and on text line were really good. Yeah, and yeah. I just like also how a very familiar passage to many of us just prompts mm. new conversation. Right. I uh, let's just talk a little bit about when when there's this realization they're in the boat fishing. Mm-hmm. It's a replay from previous a previous story almost to the tease. Yeah. And John realizes, mm-hmm. "Ooh, that's Jesus." Yeah. And uh, so if you're Peter mm-hmm. and you're in the boat mm-hmm. 
and somebody says, the person you denied three times mm-hmm. is uh, now on the beach. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting because, Because <laughs> he you know, puts his outer carbon on and jumps in the water. Well, yeah, because it's so interesting because, you know, clearly Peter's seen him mm-hmm. since he died, yeah. you know, because Jesus appeared to them. This yeah. He says yeah. this was the third time he yeah. had appeared to them. Right. So it's not like this is the first time he's right. seeing him. So he's he's been around him and, and he's been in the room when Jesus walks through the locked door and right, says, right. Hey. peace be with you. Right. Right. Yeah. So there is this already kind of groundwork laid. Like mm-hmm. he knows Jesus isn't hating on him. Right. You know, yep. but they haven't had, there's an elephant in the room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a huge elephant in the room because right. this was a big deal. Like he said, I would lay down my life for you, right. Jesus. And Jesus is like, nah, brah, you're going <laughs> to, you're going you're gonna to deny me three, three times, times. Right. before that rooster crows. Right. And just the, yeah, the weight of the that weight of that. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely guilt, right? Because he did something wrong. Yeah. And then there's just a tremendous amount of shame mm-hmm. because who, you know, Jesus called him to build the church and he said, you are Peter. You are the rock. Mm-hmm. This is your personhood. Yeah. And upon your personhood, yep. I'm going to yeah. build the church. And then he goes and he completely fails yeah. in that moment. Yeah. He Which fails is- Jesus's... You know, which is so human of him. It's so human. Yeah. And, and gosh, like, isn't that, I mean, isn't that the, the way of all of us who are like called to something and then we fail in that calling? I mean, like I have failed in my calling. For sure. Me too. Terribly. Yeah. And so. There's things I wish I had to do over. Yeah. There's regret. Yeah. And there's definite guilt that I've gone to make amends for. Yeah. And in my in my dark places, I feel shame from that still. Right. Even though I've been forgiven, right. even though I've made amends, I yeah. still feel shamed that I maybe perpetuated something or was complicit in something. Sure. You know, but. So would you jump in the water to go see Jesus? Um, <laughs> I would like to think that I would. Yeah. I, you know, I, I relate to Peter a lot because mm. I'm, I can, I have, I'm a little spicy at times. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is where I don't mm-hmm. like my natural tendency would be to go to withdraw. Yeah. Yeah. Would be to um, stay on the boat. Yeah. And also there's part of me that says stay on the boat and help the guys get it to shore. Come mm-hmm. on. But yeah, you know, there's a, there's a degree of, you know, so you, there's this picture of a moment yeah. on the beach, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's, Kind of going, okay, where's this going to go? How does this play itself out? And and so we find ourselves, and this is what a lot of the questions were about was, can you explain the whole shame and honor thing yeah. culturally? Because it, it plays itself out different for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. Um, unless you grew up in in a shaming and honor culture yeah which which you, i did which and did. i think i said in one of in whatever in the first in the first, was service, in the first gathering I, yeah. I experience a lot of similarities in i don't know if it's the south or evangelical culture but i think well they're very similar there actually. is a lot of shame and honor yeah going on around us mm-hmm. what's the honor part look like first what is that like when people say shame and honor Mm-hmm. Um, like it's usually brought up in the uh, story of 
the lost son or the prodigal son or the prodigal father, whichever, whatever you want to call that, mm-hmm. is that... Um, well, I would say it's brought up in every story that Jesus has an exchange well, with a person. <laughs> yes, but... Okay, so honor. What does it mean to honor? Like, your your family is rooted in this idea that you honor one another. Mm-hmm. And if you don't... Yeah. It's very... So what it looks like is the right behavior, mm-hmm. the behavior that makes you look good and also makes your family look good. Right. It looks like success. Mm-hmm. It looks like um, respect, like broad respect. Right. So like there are things about me that my dad brags about mm-hmm. to his family and friends. Right. You know, he brags about my four sons. Yes. Particularly my eldest, because yes. the eldest son is held in high esteem high over esteem. others. So nepotism is a is a thing. Yeah. It's nepotism is looked at as honor, right. not as nepotism. Nepotism. <laughs> right. Yes. And um wait, like can we sit there for just a second? Sure. So with that being true, mm-hmm. And 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 a part of the culture, right? It also was the part of the culture of the Israelites, mm-hmm. the Jewish people, the and the people that lived in that time during Jesus' time, right? And so, if you were not a firstborn, you were considered less than, right? Um, and if you were female, oh, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, but what's so interesting is throughout the Old Testament, it's always That's where it's, going. it's yeah. always the 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 second borns that are that are picked that are picked yeah or third or fourth or twelfth right. or whatever right God doesn't always no. choose the one that fits into the mm-hmm. honor culture mm-hmm. he actually picks that and it shames the yeah. older one mm-hmm. that's what like just take Esau and Jacob yeah Jacob's the firstborn mm-hmm. nah no Esau's, Esau's the firstborn. The firstborn. Twins, but don't look anything alike. But and one favored by the father, the mm-hmm. firstborn, yeah, and one favored by the mother, the secondborn. Mm-hmm. And the firstborn, Esau, gives away his birthright, but that still blows my mind uh, that he does it for a bowl of soup. But <laughs> Susie, they can't see your face. Your face is fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say is that eventually, what happens is Esau is shamed. Yeah. But then, because Jacob is the one that gets picked by God, mm-hmm. and and it's not because Jacob is some kind of virtuous God after God's own heart kind of guy. No, he's a deceiver. Yeah, yeah. And he picks him, and he's the one whose name gets changed to Israel. Israel. Yeah. And you find yourself reading that in Scripture, and it just turns the whole honor and shame thing on its head. Yeah. Which. He does it over and over and over again. He does it over and over again. And he does it with women and he does it with foreigners. I mean, he does it, you know, you've got, you've got, um, prophets saying to clean everything out and, and divorce your foreign wives. And yet you have Ruth who is a foreigner (laughs) and comes in to be with the Israelites through her mother-in-law. And (laughs) she ends up marrying Boaz, you know, who is Rahab, the prostitute's son, who also was a foreigner. And then, you know, Boaz and Ruth are Jesus's grandparents, right? essentially. Right? No. Great, 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 
Some, yeah, yeah, they're in lineage. the lineage. They're in the lineage. Yeah, they're so not. They're not, they're not direct grandparents. But yes. Yeah, it takes a while to so, get to that point. Yes. So there's constantly this overturning of that, but yeah. but like even now, like throughout humanity, we hold on to that mm-hmm. thing of mm-hmm. honor and shame, especially when we're outside of when we're not when we're not part of the body of Christ. Yeah, the kingdom so, of God definitely yeah. does damage to honor and shame. Totally. Yes. Totally. But in my family, those are the, the same things, you know, in essence, are highly esteemed, you mm-hmm. know, male um, family. Like as, as a woman, my greatest contribution has been the birthing of these four sons, you know. Right. And there's other things that my dad is proud of me for, you know, but right. being a pastor is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so... So there's a little bit of shame that goes with that. Yeah. I mean, if I'm honest, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I carry that around. Right. And it's not, it's, and this is the difference between guilt and shame, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between guilt and shame, and I think this is part of the questions we keep getting, Yeah, is guilt, I did something wrong. I, mm-hmm. I know I did something wrong. Therefore, I feel this conviction of guilt. Yeah. That I should, I should do something to rectify what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And I should own what I did wrong. Right. And and then I can and then I can go to the person that I did it to or and I can I can pay them back in some mm-hmm. form or fashion. But I also can receive forgiveness from them. Right. And so and so it's a um it's part of how we also relate to God, yeah. right? When we when we do things that violate our relationship with God, there is this sense of ooh. That there's a guilt feeling that's different than shame. Do you think that guilt and healthy shame are the same thing? They 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 function the same way. Because I still don't understand healthy shame. Like I think shame is shame and it's toxic. But mm-hmm. I hear people say, "Well, there's healthy shame and and unhealthy I think, shame." Yeah, and so I think that there's guilt and there's mm-hmm. godly sorrow, mm-hmm. which is hopefully the step after guilt. Like yes. I actually feel bad for the thing that that yeah, I did right. so much so that I want to do something about it. Right. As opposed to shame that comes from guilt that just kind of leaves me stuck is how right. I, that's how I look at shame. Like mm-hmm. it, it leaves me stuck. Yeah. Um, shame goes after identity, mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah. And it goes after our personhood and our humanity. That's, that's bad shame that says uh because you did that or because then then you are less than a person yeah. then you which is are why i think peter was feeling shame because yeah. he was told he is the rock and now he's not he didn't live into that he didn't live into that right and so there's this um for all of us the experience of shame usually is filtered through an accusation or through um uh, comparison, mm-hmm. which is also part of your, this story. Yeah. So I think we start to see the comparison thing. Um, so I I find myself less than you, mm-hmm. Susie, um, and therefore I feel a, my my personhood is diminished, mm-hmm. right? And when we diminish other people's personhood to elevate our own personhood, we're casting shame on them. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So we don't, and and I think withholding forgiveness from people also is a way 
of shaming them. Yeah, for sure. I want you to pay. I want yeah. you to sit in it. I, I don't want to release you from the pain. And so we, we, we don't see the person worthy of forgiveness. And therefore, we cast shame on them. And I think this is all part of some of us are raised this way. Mm -hmm. Some of us experience it in our jobs and our 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 marital relationships. We experience it in our. Um, it's the way the world yeah. operates, um, and so it's it's a backhanding way in the South in which people will shame you. Will say they will say, "Well, bless your heart." And that is a backhanded way to say, you just screwed up and you're less than. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I'm not trying to dog on the South because I think this happens in the Oh, they do it in the area. North too. Yeah. They just do it more directly. But I, I see it in the, um, I guess I see it in the, you know, we're, we're kind of steeped in some pretty gnarly politics right now, right? <laughs> yes, and we so are. And <laughs> so I see it in the, this is how we are to be as Christians and mm -hmm. we're going to show up in church and in our best clothes and we do this because we're christians mm -hmm. and that's where they the honor is but they're not honoring mm -hmm. humanity no and if you don't play by the rules then you're shamed yes by their rules and they you know? use and they use words yeah to shame you and then on a more on a on a more you know i guess localized way i see it in like this whole um, mirage that some people have that like, well, our lives have to be, you know, someone was explaining to me, uh, tell, describing their mother to me, who is a Southern mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they described her as a debutante where everything has to match and look good and be beautiful and mm -hmm. orderly. And it's where we get Southern Living Magazine, you right. know, and like yeah. this whole appearance of aesthetic beauty mm -hmm. and hospitality, but also like, you know, this, the South is so known for its hospitality, yeah. but it's also known very deeply for its excluding yeah. people based on their race and sexuality and like all the things, right? Yeah, right. So as much as they're known for, and I, I'll say we're known because I've, I've been we're here, here eight now. years. Yeah, and, and yeah, you got me beat by yeah, a year. Yeah, I'm home. Um, yeah. yeah. We're known for our hospitality. We're also known for our exclusivity, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of honor and shame in that. Yeah, right. And we use words to separate. Yeah. We, we use words to build that boundary, mm -hmm. right? Between those that are honored and those that are shamed. Yeah. And if you behave right, you get to be honored. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, or you look right or whatever it is, you get to be honored. If you don't, then you're shamed. You're excluded. Right. And, and so <clears throat> this is where the church now comes into this, <clears throat> this conversation. And, and we ask ourselves, we're, we're constantly asking ourselves, um, what is the basis by which Jesus excluded people? This is a question we've, we're, we're starting to wrestle with and, and we find him over and over and over again, not excluding anybody. The invitation is always present. Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't shame people. He honors them yeah. and their personhood. Well, would you say woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, as a shaming statement? No, I think mm -hmm. that is a, um, a statement of this is who you are. Right. 
this is this isn't i'm not saying anything that's not true of you i'm saying um from my perspective you need to you need to jettison your previous way of doing this this is where i think a lot of us get caught in don't shame me don't don't tell me i did something wrong don't tell me i have to change the jesus was telling everybody they had to change yeah everybody yeah the marginalized were told they had to change and so were the insiders told they were going to have to change especially those that had the law those that understood and knew more he expected more of and and there's this come on and and that's that's the beauty of the prodigal son and the prodigal father and the prodigal older son and that leaves that story right at the end and he's sitting outside the party the the prodigal is in the party mm -hmm. and the father and the older son are sitting outside the party and the father is pleading with the older son come into the party yeah join us let's celebrate and the older son is like no and and in the story He's clearly saying that the older son is the Pharisees and religious leaders of the day. And they identify with the older son. I identify with the older son mm -hmm. as I've grown up. Now I'm more like, ooh, I think I'm now I'm starting to identify more with the guy in the party. Yeah. But he's sitting at a table and the story leaves them at the table yeah. outside the party. And it's it's anything but shaming. It's like, I so love you so much. I want you to join the party even though you don't deserve to come to the party. None of them deserve the party. That's the part that just blows my mind all the time. So we also had another question come in from somebody. Yes. Right? I know, like speaking of that. Right. A, How do we love that one? Yeah. Yeah, let me get it up here. So, yes. Well, the beauty of this um, message is it, it took us into um, more into our feelings. Mm -hmm. And... You and I have been working on our feelings yeah. lately, um, which is which is great. Uh, is it though? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it no. is. It's hard work. Yeah, here it is. It says, uh, "In loving Jesus first, we should start with ourselves. Learn how to love ourselves, and that's part of part of dealing with emotions." That said, though, when our very dear loved ones are experiencing conviction that they mistake for shame. Do you have any thoughts on what love looks like in those moments? I, that's a great question, yeah, actually. It is a great question. And um, my thought is, first and first of all, is looking at the relationship of our very dear loved ones. I mean, we're with people in relationship. So we're with people in what they're experiencing mm -hmm. and... And just being with them first and for like first the prioritizing just being with them where they are, yeah. not being where you think they should be and trying to bring them along in that. Yeah. Um the feelings work that we've been doing, man, I wish I wish I had this when I was just beginning my motherhood journey. Oh yeah. I wish I had it a long time I ago. I mean, or yeah. my marriage for crying out loud. I mean <laughs> Yeah, you but know, like okay. we, we no regrets, Sus. We gotta just we we get what we get. Yeah, we got and we, what we got. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I mean, this summer, Steve and I will have been married for twenty five years, and I would say in the last two years, like I'm finally showing up as who I am. 
and I thought I was doing great yeah, before. <laughs> right, right, right. And I and I was probably doing fine, but yeah. but this is way better. Yeah. And and it's because I'm can I, so my personality type is very much like I can walk in a room and I can identify with your feelings mm-hmm. way better than my feelings. Right. So I will adjust who I am according right. to what you're feeling. To the room. So if yep. I have to then go into my feelings and figure out my feelings, I don't like my feelings. Right. Especially the ones that are harder. Right. You know? Yeah. That it's it's just more challenging for me. So so now I have this language in which I'm able to bring myself to people, yeah. to my husband and my boys and my friends, but also and I the have people you work with and the people I work with. <laughs> but I also have this language into which I can join other people in theirs, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so I don't feel the need to rescue you from your feelings, right? Um, but I can I can. I can kind of ask you questions now. Mm-hmm. I know I have better questions yeah. because I have better language into helping you navigate your own feelings. So I think it sounds to me that with this person who might be experiencing actual conviction, but they're, they're mistaking it for shame and you're it's someone that you love, mm-hmm. then going to them and asking them some very loving questions and from a place of compassion, because if someone's yeah. feeling shame, yeah. we ought to have compassion for them yeah. because that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to live through shame. Yeah. And so what is that shame doing to you? How is it making you feel how is it playing out in your life and where is it coming from why do you feel shame right what what how did that start when did it start right you know what does it feel like in your body what does it make you want to do what does it make you think about yourself and whoever it is that you hurt or right and what does shame require what is it Mm -hmm. what does it need and and it needs to be reminded yeah of our true identity Mm -hmm. and it's not it, and what's happened is a piece of your a piece of you that is part of your humanity has been diminished, mm-hmm. and so it has to you have to identify that because shame shame moves you inward, not outward. Yeah, um, guilt moves you outward. So both of those things come into play because you need to you need to rectify the guilt. Right. You, the shame is something happened where now I'm uh, my very inner being, my humanity is being diminished mm-hmm. is the best word I can think of. And so what you need is the restoration of your humanity. Yeah. And so the the answer to the question, what do you do, yeah. is you have to first kind of recognize that it's just going to be a process in your relationship with this person. Like you can't, as much as I would love to wave a magic wand and remove the shame from people I love, you can't do that. I mean, what you just described is layers upon layers, sometimes depending on how (laughs) old this person is, years of neurobiological, you know, wiring that has caused it to play out in Mm -hmm. shame. It could be, you know, just poor understanding of, of, Jesus and his ways and um, a misunderstanding of scripture. I mean, it could be so many things, right? right? And so whatever it is, it's going to require a process in relationship to walking with somebody. And that's, that's why we're called to walk with people. Right. Because it takes time. Yeah. And, and to help them Mm -hmm. see their humanity, help them see 
their image bearers of yeah. God. It is to help them see that they're children of God. It is to help them to see who they really are mm-hmm. as opposed to what they do. Yeah. As opposed to the idea that, like you, you described your natural inclination when you walk into a room. And and my natural one is I, I observe. Mm-hmm. I just watch. And I usually, I don't try to match the emotional piece of the room i just try to survive it right those are two different approaches um and largely due to the way i was raised and so best not to be seen yeah well i would say i also try to survive it because my mm-hmm. way of surviving is not to not feel my feelings but to just be with you and yours right mm-hmm. yep but you want you would prefer to be seen yeah for being with you and yours yes and I would, and I would prefer, this is funny because, and I would prefer not to be seen. Yeah. And so this, this work we've been doing, part of my work has been to identify the emotion that has trailed me most of my life. Mm-hmm. And that is loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I never knew loneliness was an emotion. I didn't know how to put words to it. And the answer to the question, the answer to loneliness is to be seen for who I am. Yeah. Not... Whereas I've worked against that my whole life mm-hmm. up until the last couple of years. And now to be seen as, as who I am, the loneliness goes away. Yeah. And so that's where this work of emotion comes into play. So when we start talking to people about shame, to really understand shame is to understand the attack on your personhood. But if you can't wrestle that to the ground, you confuse it with guilt. You confuse it with accusation. You confuse it with a whole bunch of things that really aren't what you're wrestling with. Right. And so, you know, we probably need to do a um, Journey on My Mind podcast on that. Yeah, that would be good. I'll I'll see if I can extract that from Dave the next time we sit down. Yeah. um, And have a conversation around that because I think that's part of of, um, trying to figure out the honor-shame thing. We want to be honored. And we don't want to be shamed. But shame is more our experience mm-hmm. than the honor. Mm-hmm. And then we also take honor and put it in a place where um, it elevates and depreciates people. Yeah, it measures people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying not to do. Mm-hmm. And so as we step into the church now in the kingdom of God, we step into the church and we ask the question of our church, um, who's not invited to the table who's who do we exclude who is who's on the periphery who's and and the funny thing about it is it's all over the gamut depends upon who you ask depends on who you ask for sure and and i judge the judgers like i don't want to sit at a table with the people that are going to judge i don't want to i don't want to argue with them i don't want to fight with them and they're on all levels of Mm -hmm. you know but i hear it and when i hear it i'm like you know no no I don't, and so I become what I don't want to be. I become a the judge of the judges. Yeah. Yikes! But that's how it works, mm-hmm. right? And so if I can find a way to shame them and and depreciate them, um, I elevate myself, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So anyway, I think this is really hard. And and to love somebody though, this is where you're right is to walk with them yeah. and sit with them, hear them, make sure they're seen, make sure they're 
they're acknowledged, but also under help them understand what shame really is. Yeah. And and I think we also have to explain what guilt is, and we also have to explain what holy conviction is, because the reality is is in all of those things when when you feel like hey don't do this to me, say it like I, and what in essence you're saying is don't talk to me that way or don't don't try to fix me or whatever it is you're trying to say is is basically I'm not ready to hear that mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that and that's fine, but you you'll stay where you're at. Yeah. That's the hard part because yeah. community is the cure for seeing your emotions for what they are. Yeah. True community. So big shout out yeah. to Jake Smith and Plumline yes. for helping us figure out our feelings. Th- yes. Thanks, So Jake. if anybody yes. listening is wondering. <laughs> Where we're doing this. What, why, <laughs> yeah. how. Yes. It's, I think it's plumline.org. Sure. Or just Google Jake Smith. Yeah. Dr. Jake Smith online. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he just got his he just got his doctorate. He's part of our community and he's doing some really good work. Yeah. And that's uh, birthed out of his own good yeah. work that he had to do. Right. So Yep. Yeah. We invite you into that. Thanks, Susie. This has been fun. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Mike, Thanks, for joining Mike. us. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, you guys were awfully quiet today. Yeah. Yep. That's because you're home watching movies. Um, but all that to say. Uh, it's been a, a, uh, good week yeah. and, uh, 80 degrees today. Sit out back in the sun. We'll have staff meeting outside maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Bye everyone. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the journey now podcast, please take a moment to leave a rating or review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.